And now, part two with Captain Jay Thays. That, that, what was your route for that? We came up through, uh, we were going north. Okay. So we had to get in line at the entrance to the Suez. And you'll see all these ships just parked. You know, you're anchored. And depending on when you arrive, and they have, the port control has each boat register what time you should be there you should drop anchor because it's 12 hours one way 12 hours the other way right that's how they run it. to get through the canal especially when you have the larger ships coming in they don't want you passing each other because they figure sooner or later someone's going to bounce off someone yeah and then you bring the whole thing what bring they just had that where what she was shut down for what three weeks until they got oh, that yeah. container ship out of there yeah um, one that turned sideways. Yeah, yeah. And, and then lost power and they couldn't yeah. maneuver it and they yep. tried to dredge it out. And, and uh, they do have dredging going on most of the time. But it's, it's you know, it's like wagons ho and everyone's going north, you know. And then 12 hours later, wagons ho and they're going they're south. Going you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're heading for the I.O. Yeah. And um, the first officer of the container ship told me, he said, you wouldn't, we've done the math by going around the horn and cutting through the Suez. Big said, difference. Fuel? Oh, well, fuel, said, yeah. Ton, he said, that's the biggest savings right there. Yeah. And, ton, you, and time. He time. said, and fuel and time. Fuel and time. But he said, if you look at the man, the, the hours we save and the fuel we save, uh, he said, so needless to say, when someone screws up the Suez and it comes to a screeching halt, yeah. they're the bad guys because you're we're sitting there idling and we're not advancing our cargo, but we're still getting paid. You know, and yeah. Yeah. It, it, the ship owners go berserk. The uh, the Mediterranean is very busy, very very busy. You really have to be on your toes for that uh, that cruise from the Suez out through Gibraltar. Right. And then Gibraltar is narrow. Yes. It's twenty two some miles total, but you've got rock formations. I forget what the actual navigable for big ships what the channel, channel is, is yeah. and they have their control you know and they will they you know they're trying to run both sides and they said you know the thing you hate to hear is uh, you know they would probably hate to hear is and say you know we've lost power we've lost steering we're in yeah. control because yeah. you know you don't know where you're going to end up you know? right and I'm sure the tides coming in and out of there is unbelievable yeah it's he said you know you've got you got a lot of military uh, ships Italy, Israel, there. he said, you know, anyone around there yep. has got their navies, that's their ports are in yeah, there. Right. Yeah, right. And he said and he said, you know, the United States, we operate in the in the Med. Yeah. He said, and you think the Med, boy, it's a big place. He said, you put that many boats in it, it's, it's not, not very big. big. Right. He said, uh Yeah, it's big until it gets filled up with all the boats. Right. <laughs> it's and, not and, too big. And he said, and you know, and you've got pleasure, you you got those yeah, hundred cruise for pleasure you know, lots. You've got cruise liners, you've got uh, lighters that are taking stuff from boats or taking supplies out to boats that don't yeah. have a big enough port for them to come in. Yeah. And he said, you got all that stuff flying around. Yeah. And he said, we generally, they generally run, he said, we run extra lookouts. And 
Uh, we said we generally have at least two command officers up on the bridge while we're in the med, from the Suez all the way out. How long did it take to get from the Suez to the? To the, the Suez, Atlantic? the med was. We were making good speed. We were making twenty, a little more in a day. Okay. We had to slow down a couple places because there were traffic. 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 Yeah. But it, yeah, just a little bit more in twenty-four hours. But he said, you know, that's when you're up on it. He said. Uh, the captain was eating his meals on the bridge. He uh. wasn't even leaving. I mean, he did for the bathroom and stuff, and he had to do some company work, but he wasn't off that bridge. Wasn't, wasn't very, very long. long. No. He said, I'll catch up on my sleep on the other side. Yeah. And he said, I kind of insist. He said, my first officer is good enough to get us through here. So it says my second and my third. And he said, but he said, I, he said, I just, just so much. Yeah. So much going on, he said. You know, and, and you know, you, again, it's the the loss of life, property. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, they're taking the eco eco ecology. Uh, if you look at the uh, in the container ship, you go down and look at the Wartzilla power plant, which is three and a half, four stories tall, and you know, a couple of football fields long, and. Uh, has fuel pipes going into the cylinders that are about a foot in diameter. Uh, and, and you just watch this thing chug. <coughs> um, but instead of just blowing all the smoke up the stack, these things are actually turbocharged. The turbochargers are like 12 tons. You know, there's two of them. Huge. Oh, yeah. Everything's Massive. big. Massive. Everything's big. Oh, all the tools big. that are on the wall are, you know, you need a crane to pick them up. Yeah. You know, wrenches. Yeah. Um, but they are. They're recycling and reburning the exhaust system until there's barely any and particulate matter any that goes out. Yes. Yeah. Um, something I did not know. They they have to heat the fuel before they can even burn. Uh, huh. He said, you know, the, the fuel comes out of because it's sludge. It's just bunker oil. And he said it gets pumped. He said there's rocks and stuff in bunker oil. And he said then it gets pumped up um, into uh, a fuel preheater. And he said we have to get it to the point so we could, so the diesel can actually burn it. Burn you know, it yeah. can actually explode. Yeah. The cylinders are enormous. You know, you're talking about a 20 foot stroke on these cylinders that are four foot in diameter, or eight foot, or whatever they are. They're, I mean, they're huge. Huge. And maximum. Yeah. And I think the max on that ship is like 110 revolutions per minute normal cruising speed somewhere depending on sea states between 95 96 is the sweet spot um, but it's still driving 21 22 knots yeah and that's you know with a load on and load. and and that's just it's it just amazes you yeah that right. you're you could water ski behind this <laughs> <laughs> theoretically yeah. Yeah, long enough rope yeah. You know, yeah but you could you know, definitely two behind it. <laughs> yeah, definitely two. But I mean, you know, when you think about, you know, and they say that, you know, the engines come in, you know, when they, um, the boat that I was on was built in uh, Hyundai Heavy Industries in Korea, where most of them are done. Yeah. Um, the Nordic countries are still building, but Maersk, for example, builds all their boats at home. They probably own the shipyard that they build them in, who knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Hyundai is the, that's the premier uh, and ship cargo and, and shipbuilding right now. Yeah. They, and they turn them out, 
they turned out supposedly, you know, the master that was on ours said, this thing was beautiful from the get-go. He said, I've had very few problems with it, you know. He said, there's always little glitches your first few voyages until you get her settled in. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, really? He said, for the amount of, and if you look at all of the screens um, in aviation, they call it an all-glass cockpit. His boat's new enough. It's an all-glass bridge. You know, he's seeing screens. Some of them are touch screens, but, you know, it's little push buttons. And for that big engine, you know, there's that teeny tiny little throttle that he's actually back and forth. Yeah, and, you know, and the thrusters for the joysticks, but, you know, there's, like I said, when they go into most ports, they're still, you know, they got a pilot. Um, he said, some captains have a lot of experience going into certain parts. Some of them, when they're rookies coming in, he said, you don't want them up there by themselves, he said, because they don't know the currents, the tides, right. Right. where you're going to make your, he said, on almost every damn port you're going to go in, you're going to have to make a spin sooner or later, or at least a very hard corner. Yeah. yeah. And he said, you know, and uh, again with wind, hitting all those boxes up in the air, you're getting pushed, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I was, it was interesting watching the interaction of the pilot, the captain, and the tugs. You know, and you got to remember, like, which tugs where, and they go, you know, Sadie Marie, push, you know, push, 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 you know, and, you know, push hard, push soft, you know, give yeah. me a nudge, you know, and, just, and these guys are just reacting to it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and and you watch, watch yourself wiggle. <laughs> right into the right into the berth, yeah. You know, and as you're wiggling into the berth, the overhead gantry cranes, they're lining up on you. Yeah. Because the minute they say that you give the port director, I'm secure. Boom! Boxes are coming off. You know, they're they want them off. Yeah, because you're only in port. Depending on how big of a load, you know, or how much you're taking off and how much you're taking back on. 10, 12, 14 hours, and you're back at it again. You know, you're, well, you're leaving. Heading back out. Yeah, they, they, you know, these boats sitting still, like airplanes, they don't make they any don't money make sitting. Money. No. They no. have to be working. If yeah. they're working, they're making money. Yeah. If they're sitting, they're not making money. If they could, if they could figure out, and I, I wonder if this is coming down the stretch, like on the containers, if they'll start picking up three or four boxes at a time instead of one. You just wonder if that's coming. Yeah. You know? If they can build a, a better capture right, system yeah. for all of them, where they can pull three or four boxes at a time and get them out, you know. And of course, on the dock, all you see is boxes. Yeah. You know, I don't know how they keep. I know it's all computer, but yeah, you know, keep, keep track, track of what aisle to go get. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, for the stuff that has to go on. Right. It, it's a ballet, and in. If you have a stoppage, that just throws their world into a tizzy. You know, literally a tizzy. And um, the crew, you get some lot, you know, the cranes are going to, they're doing all the work of getting stuff on, stuff on, on the container ship. Um, the crew have a few hours to themselves, but you watch them, and the guys like that are in charge of engineering diversion or the, the electronics guys or whatever. They're taking that time to fix little things or to do little things, jobs that haven't really affected the performance of the craft, 
but they know they have to get at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, this needs done. That needs that. Yeah. Clean this, polish that, uh, take some rust off here, or you know, there's a couple of relays on this switch panel that really need to go. Uh, the, the engineers are, you know, I don't like the way this one's running, you right. know, this generator. And, you know, and you see the main power plant, of course, it's got all these other auxiliary power plants that are making electric to run the reefers. Uh, they're making electric to run the boat, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, they're, they're, they're running the water, they're preheating the fuel, you know, all this stuff, you know, it all has to work in harmony, right. you know, and it's just a... If it doesn't... No, and yeah. it's just an amazing, amazing thing to watch a crew work like that, you know, day in, day oh, out. I can only imagine. And it, it sounds like it was an amazing trip to take them. Both of them were. Yeah. Both of them were. Um, both, like I said, both on the Great Lakes and then, you know, out on the open ocean. Yeah. If you could if you could do it again, would you and which one or both? I'd do them both. Did, would you? Yeah. Um, and I, I think I, I would like, if I had to do and do one more, I'd like to run like a major tow up the Mississippi. Okay. I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah. To to do that, that would be a. I think that would be another another trip. world to see. Yes. Yes. And to see how it works, uh, I was telling I was telling me JP before you came in um, to go to go through the Mister Go down in New Orleans, Mississippi River Golf Outlet. You know that it, if you stand on the shore and watch it. I don't know how they put all those boats through there <laughs> without coming to grief. Yeah. And I know it's choreographed and, you know, you have to be in the right line, right position, same thing going through the Suez, but yeah, I would love to see what it's like going through the, from the water point of view, I'm going, going through that in water. or out right. of the Mr. Go and, you know, hitting the ocean or, you know, the, the bay and or coming up the Mississippi. But I think a trip like that would be, in the olden days, um, and I know I told you guys a couple days ago we were talking about doing this. Um, some of the Great Lakes freighters actually took passengers. Yeah. They never advertised it, but if you asked, they take you. Yeah. And you know you got to sit and watch those guys work. You know, but you 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 ate good and okay. It wasn't you didn't have room service. You yeah. know, but right. you had a nice room. You had a beautiful view of the lakes. And you could ride from, say, Detroit to, you know, wherever, and, you know, in relative comfort for a whole lot less money than if you chartered a boat or if you went on a cruise in the in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And you, you just have to get used to the, you know, you're not, no one's waiting on you. Yeah. You right. on yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you change your own linen, you know, they do have porters uh, that work. You know, they do the you know they they sweep and they straighten up um, the housekeeping yeah, yeah but they prefer that you change your own laundry yeah they, you know, it's yeah. like if you pay them extra you know, if you tip the guy yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said you know you, you really don't want for anything you can almost always get food um, you could if you're a night owl and you're up at three o'clock in the morning you go down into one of the rec rooms and watch TV pull um, pull movies, you know, whatever you want to do. Right. Um, they gave me generally parameters, areas they did not want me to walk into unescorted. 
and I understood that, you know. Right. And, and you just gotta, you know, like I said, I was lucky enough to be there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't go wandering around the decks at three in the morning. No. You know? <laughs> and you don't go out in the stacks. Right. You know? Yeah. They generally work in pairs. They they may they may split up, but they're not very far from each other. Right. Um, you know, they just don't want you wandering around. Um, they even that you know, I had submitted my fingerprint checks and my captain's license and everything. There were still areas of the ship I wasn't allowed in. Yeah, yeah, off limits. Yeah, yeah, and because of most of it from two thousand one. Yeah. yeah, security reasons. And I think they probably ratcheted that down when piracy started going. You know, they they're trying to limit exactly what can and can't happen on that boat as yeah. much as they can. Oh, and I yeah. don't blame the owners. No, again, with the kind of money that have uh, that you have, you know the. The, the risk that you're taking just by going to sea um, because we're still governed by that death on the high seas act from old English common law yeah that if you can't prove that someone died at sea either horribly or with a lot of pain you really don't collect much from the ship owners it's it's a limited liability yeah. right and they've used it since the days of the Titanic um, to in in the Empress of uh, you know the Empress of uh, Ireland when it went under a, in St. Lawrence. Um, if you're more than so many miles away from shore, they call it the Death on the High Seas Act. And if you think you're going to get millions upon millions out of these ship owners, you're not. Yeah. They said the one that's going to the I can't think of it. What was the name of the cruise liner that the hot rod captain took himself aground near in Sicily? Italy. Yeah. Remember I, he he ruined he ruined it. A brand new boat. I can't remember the name of the ship now, but they said the people that are suing them, the ship owners from that, they're kind of screwed because the Death of the High Seas Act doesn't apply. Because they're so close. Yeah, they're right on top of the damned island when they run the guts out of her. Right, right. And that was damn near a brand new boat. Uh, I think they're still tearing, they're getting the last of it torn to pieces. But they towed her up to Turin or somewhere, and that's where she's being, you know, carved out. And, you know, of course, that was That's just being a show, you know, yeah. you had to override every system that that ship had built into it about anti-collision. The computers knew it was getting shallow, right. and he had to override all that stuff to do what he did. Yeah, you know, and that was just... And then he was one of the first ones off the ship. Yeah, yeah. that's always a fun thing. Just watch your <laughs> captain go by. You know, What's I don't even there, chief. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, good luck. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I, be back. Yeah, I'm going for help. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it. You know, I've. Uh, I I've enjoyed the trips. I know there's probably not a. I don't know. I've I've kind of nosed around in some of the tow companies down south just to see maybe yeah yeah and yeah. i'm not getting a whole lot of they thank me for my interest but no takers i i i'm wondering if it's it's even liability you know if anything happens to me they're stuck with me no you know, yeah they, and they don't want to pay the bill yeah you know that, that they're yeah you know in yeah. and, and, you know liability affects us all they don't have that big of a crew either or, no uh, no, they're no, they're running the, a lot smaller. That and the, the the size of it, but well, I'm talking one of those accommodations and stuff. Yeah, aren't gonna be one of those one of those um, 
real big towboats. Tow yeah, yeah. they're like five stories tall. And, yeah, you know, they can push a hundred barges at a time. Yeah, or whatever. But yeah, that that would be a that would be a neat trip. That would be absolutely. Or even if I had to do it on, say, you know, the American Queen or, or Delta Queen. You yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, just to see those. Uh, my dad and mom were lucky enough; they took a, a trip on the American Queen several years ago, and. They wandered all through the steam plant, um, you know, watching those engines chuff. Now, even though they they do have props underneath to help them, so that they yeah. can at least maintain a decent speed because right. of current. Right. But he said watching that that engine chuff and and push, you know, back and forth up and down those greased rails, the pistons, you know, Maybe turning that, that yeah, wheel. That oh. And he said, you know, and you said. The wheel looks kind of fragile. He said, you get up close to it. He said, that's some serious wood steel in that thing. He said, thick, big. It may be painted pretty, he said, but it's, it's he yeah. said, there's a lot of wood and steel in that. Pretty wood. beefy. Yeah. yeah. Pretty beefy. Um, they said they resurrected those engines from an old army dredge. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's Those those engines are from like 1890-something, and... They x-rayed the you know the well the rivets and and they actually re-welded the boiler and put it in welds now but those engines were off an army dredge huh. um, because they said you know we're gonna these are steamboats yeah you know and yeah. we're gonna keep keep it steamboats yeah. yeah i've seen it come up here twice and god it's big oh they are it's yeah. big you know that's a large ship yeah, that would be an interesting cruise because you know even just going from New Orleans up to Pittsburgh here, because you you know get to see all of that. Yeah, just yeah, it's expensive. And that oh, would yeah. be a long trip too. Yeah. By fourteen to twenty days, I think it's yeah. expensive. Yeah. I know my parents only went from they got it when it deadheaded at Pittsburgh, and they rode Pittsburgh to Cincinnati. They, okay, it was it was like four or five days, and. My dad said, you ain't got enough money yet, kid. <laughs> he said, this ain't cheap, trust me. He said, I almost shot your mother over this. <laughs> he said, you know, and she said, we're going to take a steamboat. Okay, fine. You know, he said, and then he saw what, well, and it wasn't like, he said, it wasn't like we were riding steerage, and it wasn't like we were riding first class. He said, we were on the second deck, and he said, and it was pricey. Pricey. Right. He said, of course, you don't need any money while you're on board. He said, but it's Pricey. pricey. Right. Yeah. Right. He's a very, very pricey. pricey. Yeah. He said, you get what you pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to do that. I I toyed with the idea of, I don't know whether to go towards, you know, they have cruises now that take you down in the Antarctic. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're a long way from home. Oh, yeah. You're a long way from a long help. way. Yep. Long way from anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, unless you unless you're going to the part that's right at the tip of South America, but even still, you're not you're not close. And they say that's wild weather. You know, going around oh. going around the, the the South America. They said, yeah, that's some crazy weather, even in when it's supposed to be nice weather. Yeah. Yeah. Supposed to be nice. They yes. said the currents. Yeah. Uh, you know the storms that it's brew down the there. Worst, one of the worst places on Transit. the earth. To transit, yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, a couple of the guys on the container ship said that the uh, uh, Cape of Good Hope brought Africa. Right. He 
said, if you're coming from the Atlantic over into the Indian, he said, you're going to run into the Agalhas current. And he said, that is just nasty. He said, it runs right down the east side of Africa. He said, it is treacherous, tricky. Um, and according to what I read from Noah, that's where a lot of rogue waves are born yeah. in the Indian Ocean, is right along right there. Right along there. And yeah. he said, you can get smacked with a wall of water and not see it coming until it's on top of you. Yep. you know? um, yep. And it's funny, the things that, for years, a lot of people dismissed rogue waves as sea stories or an excuse for bad captainship. Right. And you know, guys lost their careers and you know, because they got smacked flat. Yeah. And they said it wasn't until what was it, sixty I think it was in the earlier to mid sixties, the Queen Mary was coming over and she got hit by a rogue on her transit to the United States and it blew out her pilot house windows and there were they were ninety feet above water. Yeah. And that's when people finally started saying they may be not lying. Yeah. These aren't these, these aren't rum soaked yeah, stories. Yeah, that, these are you know, maybe these guys know what they're talking yeah, about. They really did see that. Because no one had ever you know, that no one really ever seen or, or the guys that did get hit by them never came home. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, that's what the um, the you know, they they still think that the uh, Fitz was knocked over by a rogue, was was picked up. And stuffed, and since she had a forward pilot house, within a couple of seconds she's yeah. underwater. You can't yell for help. You yeah, know, you're done. And that's why that she just disappeared. And sure enough, when they found her, she was busted in half. And they said, you know, 300 foot of water. She's 700 foot long. You have 400 foot of unsupported steel. Snap. Yep. And you know, I I remember when that happened, and then well, you know, those poor guys didn't have a chance. And they found one of her. They found one of her lifeboats, aluminum lifeboat. You know, open the old the old stop Titanic quote yeah, stop. Yeah. She was torn in half. So whatever hit her, knocked her down. Pretty you know, way. Pretty, like that. Pretty yeah. good. Yep. But the, yeah, I I do any of, you know I could do any of the tricks again. <laughs> I, I do. I want to go back on even. I want to see what one of these. Nineteen thousand box container ships <laughs> can do. Yeah, Actually, you know how can it maneuver? You know, again, can, you know, how can it maneuver? Yeah, I you know, I would love to go out on a Nimitz carrier or the new Ford class. Yeah, I mean size, size is size. I'm yeah. sorry, but I just want to see it work. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I want to see how they make it work. And that that was the most interesting was watching the the interface between the crew the automation and the boat itself and right. making it respond and you know and they have such a they have learned so much I think in shipbuilding and in commanding a crew that they know it can mesh and, and you're almost all almost all of you are on autopilot I mean yes. you're still doing the safety work and you're doing a good job and that's that's what the big boat line companies, I think they're really, they want to make sure that you're not out there just for yourself, that you're going to watch your, your, the rest of the crew's back, 
but the whole thing is to get you from point A, point B, safely, economically, and you do a good job. Right. And and they, right. I don't really think they tolerate fools very much. Oh. I, I I don't think you get up to one of the premier jobs on the seas, like running the Emma Maersk or you know, which is a seventeen or eighteen thousand you know right. box container ship. And you don't get those jobs. I don't even think you get a job as a deckhand until you've got some hours, some trips under your belt, and they know you are a reliable, safe, uh, dedicated worker. Right. To them. Right. You know, to or to the ship that you're on. They right. don't want. Right. They don't want. Yep. You know, you're you're not getting the you're not getting the bottom of the barrel. I, I think you know you you just don't say. Hey, I want to go on the MMRs. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's you see where you've been first. Yeah. And yeah. What, yeah. What's, what, your, what's your resume? And it better be pretty good. And not only the resume, I got a feeling they do a lot of talking to the the people that they oh, work yeah. with. For, yeah. yeah. What oh, kind yeah. of you know, what kind of guy is he? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, exactly. Even to looking to see how you keep your space, you know, your room. You know, yeah. are you a right. slob? If, if if you dress, you know, if you if you come up in dirty uniform and you know, yeah, uh, you know, I think they look at everything and everything because you know again it's the investment they're trying to protect exactly. And the one thing they can't put a price on is if you start losing lives, right? You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. And that's like I said, that's you know, it all rolls back, Greg. I just wanted to, I just wanted to see how the big boys lived, <laughs> you know, but. I think it. I think it helped me become a better mariner. Good. Uh, your training at school was to me phenomenal. But coming back in and then seeing the tachometer like at ninety four, and I'd say we're reducing speed. He goes, "Yeah, the boat decided. <laughs> you know, the swells are picking up. We're gonna so come back a couple of And it, it's constantly, constantly doing it. monitoring. And you think of all the. Computing power that's in that ship, from the engine and propulsion, and how much, you know, how much fuel it's burning, how many tons of fuel that they burn an hour, you know, everything, and it all has to, yeah, all has to jump. It all has to, yeah, do it. And then the human, like you said, in the human part of it, you know, right, right. And the humans are always watching the machines, you know, and. Yeah, you know, there's always something to do. You know, you, you see a crewman walking around, unless he's off duty. He's doing something. Yeah. He's, he's on his way to go do something, or you're just coming back and finishing it. Yeah. And he's going to report to his officer, hey, that little thing you wanted me to take care of on three deck, done. done. You know? done. Yeah. And they and then there's paperwork. You know, they're signing off on everything. Uh, I didn't see them. I don't know if they're using tablets now, uh, but, you know, it was all clipboards and papers, you know. Yeah. And if you were a technician and you were signing off on a job, you had to sign off, and then your boss had to go inspect it, make sure you did it right, and then he'd sign off on it. Yeah. Sort of like aircraft, you know. It, yeah. it, Everything's. You know, they're they're actually the airplanes. Check and the double seat. check. Yeah, to make sure. Yeah. Because if something goes bad, they're going to land on somebody. Oh you know? yeah. And like you said, it starts with the captain. Yeah. Work its way down. Yep. Because the captain's going to say, "Well, your electronic technician, you know, screwed up this computer. Did he? <laughs> I wasn't there." Yeah. Doesn't make any difference. Right. Exactly. You're the one that's got the car keys. <laughs> right. Um, right. Most of those guys, uh, both of them, I think they had almost 25 years, almost 30 years of work before they got their own command. Which th and that's that's interesting too because they're 
you know, kind of evolving with the technology itself. Yeah. Because I mean, right. the ships are changing. That yeah, they're fast. seeing. Yeah, they're seeing how how, it's how much quickly. You know, so that's really a job where you can't be like, well, in the old days, this is how we did, and it doesn't matter. That's <laughs> yes, they the need their old skills, like watching them go out on a bridge wing, and you could see them turning their heads to where the wind's coming. Right, right. Yeah, and you could see them using the old stuff that they knew coming up, as well as relying on what the what they can use. And you know, he could say, "Come ahead on that port thruster," you know, or back it off. You know, it. You could see it. You know, he's looking at the water. He's looking up at the sky. Like I said, you could see him turn his head, and every once in a while, you'd see a guy stick his hand up, you know, and follow the wind a little bit. <laughs> I'm going, okay. You know, you don't trust your, you know. And most of them had like uh, a weatherproof mini helm out on the wing, right? Take the cover off, and you can actually do right. most of the maneuvering right. there. And you know, it's got wind speed and direction, you know, and he's still putting his hand up, right. you know, <laughs> and he's looking down, and he goes, yeah, he said. And the one time we were looking, we were going into the, I think it was on the, yeah, it was on the uh, the freighter. We're like maybe ten feet from the dock wall, and he kept. And he goes, just looking down. And he goes, nudge port. <laughs> All right, softer. I said, what are you looking at? I said, you're looking at the distance. He goes, no, I'm looking at the water. Said, what do you mean you're looking at the water? He said, well, we're walking sideways. He said, I learned to do it. He said, I'm not going to say I invented it. I didn't. He said, I watched the waves. As they build, I'm getting closer because I'm, I'm pushing harder. Pushing harder. He yeah. said, and he said I can get an idea of. He said, he, he said, give me a minute. You know, he kept looking down. He's he's going, okay, a little more on the port. I'll stop. You know, and we just kind of slid right in. You know, and boom. You know, I said, that's pretty slick. He said, <laughs> he said sometimes I do it better than others. <laughs> he said. He said, "Yeah," and he, he, like I said, he was funny. He said, "I put some dents on this thing." He said, <laughs> "He said, no one." He said, "You can't drive something this big and not." He said, "You don't want to put gouges in it." Right. He said, right. "But occasionally scrape dent." He said, "That's yeah, going to happen." And he happen. said, yeah. "And he said it's and sometimes it's me. I was too slow to react, or too quick to react." And he said, "And that's why repetitive." And he said, "That's why my officers." He said, "There are times where." He said, maybe the weather isn't so nice, but I'll make them take us in. And he said, no, I'll be right on top of them. And if I think we're getting into trouble, I'll stop them. He said, but they have to learn to do this. Learn, right. Yeah. He yeah. said, what What if, you know, while the me. Yeah. He yeah. said, what if I'm laying in my bed and I can't move? You yeah. know, um, you've got to be able to do it. And he yeah. said, and if, you, if you're trying to work ahead to be in command someday, got to learn that. You can't go in or just start banging it off the dock right. walls, you know, or lock walls and say, oh, well, I'm learning. Yeah. They expect you to know. Right. 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 Um, right. It, like I said, it's, it's, they're, both captains were, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but they, to me, were very low key. You know, um, I think they would be the kind that if you needed reprimanded for something, they'd take you somewhere where no one else would see you. And he'd give you what for, but I—they didn't look like the kind that would hold a grudge, you know, just because you screwed up once. Oh, okay, but you're—you know—I expect you to learn from it. You're not going to do it again, right? That kind of thing, right? But they, you know, the um, 
just in his commands, you know, he'd crack one out if he saw something starting to happen that he didn't like. Most of the time it was, you know, come ahead on a port, you know, ease off, you know, do this, you know, do that. Um, he said, that's the problem, he said, in the, in the Great Lakes, he said, there are very few pilots, you know, we, he said, we go in and out ourselves. Yeah. But yet, you know, when you get out on the high seas, now it's a different you're story. going into so many different ports. I don't know how you could keep everything straight no. in your brain. No, you're right. Even if you had a folder, but who has time sometimes yeah, to flip through pages? Figure that out, yeah. yeah. Plus, 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 again, the currents of tides. tides exactly yeah, what's right. hitting you that day. Right, right. But yeah, it was funny, you know, he was going, I said, you're watching the distance of the walk? He said, no, I'm watching the water. <laughs> what? He goes, waves are different. He said, as we come closer and closer, the wave formations are different. And that, he said, to me, that tells me where I am with my engines and maneuver. And he said, and I know I can get it within so many feet. He said, you know, if the wind's correct, I can just stop it. And he said, she'll just suck right up against it. Right in. Without having to know. worry about it. And I just went, that's, he goes, that's 30 some years of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But experience. Learn those little things. Nothing, yeah. Nothing, nothing beats experience. Sense. No. Yeah. It's seat time. Right. right. And you know, it's when you're away from it for seven months, you got to get your seat time back in yeah. to drive yeah. again. To me, anyhow. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But you guys uh, were, like I said, I did it. I, I just wanted to be better at it. Uh, whether I ever used it commercially or not, I just wanted to be better at boating, period. Yeah. And knowing a little bit more about, knowing a lot more about, and like I said, if I had thought about geographically re relocating, I got an idea of, you know, how to go out and, and do it out in the big water. Right, right. As right. opposed to the Ohio River and the Beaver River. Right, right. absolutely. So I, 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 don't, uh, I don't regret for a minute the time I spent with you guys. Well, we and definitely appreciate that. Well, the other thing yes. that anyone that's listening to this ought to know, and you say it, you've said it, you know, repeatedly through, just because you graduate, if you need help with something, come back. Sit in the class again if you want to. Yeah. Or call me, we'll go over what you're having problems with, like if it's navigation or rules or anything. But Absolutely. you've always said, don't hesitate. We're yeah. always here. Just because you graduated does not mean you can't come back and we, we're going to charge you money again. No. Just yeah. call us. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. we'd rather you be safe and know what you're doing than exactly wandering off and forgetting something and, oh, yeah, I got to do that. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Being out there. So. And I think that's what makes your school, your classes are relevant. I know, you know, there were, what, 20 of us, I think, when I went through? Something, something like, like that. I was to it. Something and like that. But it was still intimate enough, you know, it was fun, yep. but it was intimate enough that you thought you are being personally instructed, and that I can't thank you guys enough for. That was, that well, I, I really think that helped me a lot, to tell you the truth. Well, we really appreciate that, and I, I definitely want to thank you for sitting down and, and talking with us here. Anytime. Having a good chat. Yes, I think that's anytime. one of the things I think we will, if you don't mind, we'll do this again. No, sure. You know, like I said, I hear a new story every time we talk about this, so I'm sure we'll have <laughs> more. I don't have a ton more nautical. I do have the one, and we really do need to spend the time. When I met the uh, uh, first mate of the Arthur Anderson. Sounds good. And that ties into what you we talked about near the front. Yeah. So that's a tease yeah. <laughs> for the that's next time yeah. for, for, uh, for that story for up on the lakes. Even though I wasn't there, I was a young kid. 
but I got to meet one of the persons that was involved. That was involved. Yeah, that sounds great. So, um, all right. Like I said, uh, we'll we'll chat again, and uh, we'll talk to everybody here soon. So, looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, thanks for listening to this first episode with Captain Jay Thay. Stay tuned for part two coming your way soon.